Welcome to McGuire on Wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? Let's give the people what they want. Professional wrestling. With Mike McGuire. The happiest Canadian camper in the world. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Give me a hell yeah. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a little bit shorter today. Why? Because I'm literally in the middle of the big move. Yeah, there's been some extremely cold weather this past week in Lloydminster, which is where I'm leaving. And thusly, uh, it's been a little too cold to get things done. So I'm literally sitting to you from what's left of my residence in Lloydminster. I'm in the kitchen because I don't even have a table anymore. <laughs> the desk is in the, you know, it's all ready to go. It's all ready to go. So you and I hanging out this week, talking about pro wrestling like we always do. Next week, I'm going to be in a building with furniture again. But in the meantime, we're going to have some fun. I want to make sure you still get a pod this week. I want to make sure we still get to talk about wrestling. If you'd like to support the show and support things like furniture, or better yet, support guys like Mitch and Dimitri over at the alternate commentary table. I invite you to support the show. The easiest way to do that, mcguireshow.com. That's the, the monetary way. If you'd like to just support the show with uh, some good vibes, what would really help is hitting that subscribe button, telling your friends about it. Give the show a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast because that does make a difference. And really just just keep being here love having you here dave Meltzer is back this week we're gonna catch up with him on the world of wrestling lots of things going on some big injuries some big moves some big names becoming available and of course we're less than a week away from wwe's royal rumble the implications of this could be huge we'll talk about that and more and if you want to talk anytime to fellow listeners, fellow subscribers of the show, if you want to be a part of a safe community, and by safe, I mean the kind of place where you can talk about wrestling and not get dogpiled on for saying, hey, so-and-so is my favorite wrestler. I think so-and-so is going to win the Royal Rumble. And, and most importantly, people that have just a fun sense of humor about things. Team MOW, McGuire on Wrestling on Facebook. That is the group. You just got to sign up for free. Uh, on the old book of face, and we'll get you in there and let you come and talk all about the wrestle. That's that's what we do here. All right, let's jump right into it. Coming up this week, injury news around Seth Rollins has the World Heavyweight Championship on Raw in question. One of the biggest names in Japan has now become a free agent. Dungeon Wrestling announces their next show for Calgary, and their champion has just added another title to his collection. Sting's last match gets closer and closer, but is the tag match what we want or what Sting deserves? Plus, we go through some of your picks ahead of the Rumble. Who do you think is going to take the top spot and why? That's all on the way, but first, here's this week's five count. You want to hear the breaking news? Well, the big story, as I'm sure you've heard by now, during his title defense against Jinder Mahal this past Monday on WWE Raw, Seth Rollins appeared to be limping on his knee. It was then discovered that he suffered a severe ACL or MCL injury. We'll get more details on that from Dave Meltzer in just a moment. We're looking for an announcement from Rollins on Raw tomorrow night. Kazuchika Okada has had his last match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Something that nobody thought would ever be uttered has now happened as Okada, the rainmaker himself, looks to perhaps make it rain in either WWE or AEW. At latest report, Okada had not made a decision as to where he'd like to go, but there were also reports that Okada was being, quote, grossly underpaid during his time in New Japan. 
Well, they're my home promotion, and they should be yours too. Dungeon Wrestling has announced their next show March 29th for Unfinished Business 2 to be happening in Calgary, Alberta at the Victoria Pavilion. Now, the show is going to be headlined by the masterpiece, Chris Adonis, Chris Masters, who is currently the Stu Hart Heritage Heavyweight Champion. And the announcement was made that he's going to be facing Steve Macklin from TNA Wrestling, the former world champion there. This should be a barn burner of a match. More matches are being announced. This past weekend in Puerto Rico, Adonis won their WWC Universal Championship. So he's got a little more hardware on him. In addition to the March 29th show, Adonis will be joining Brett the Hitman Hart and other Dungeon Wrestling stars, as well as stars from around the world, for what's being called Bret Hart Presents the Australian Stampede. Part of the big StarCast event that's going to be happening there as well. We'll have more details on that coming up in the next couple of weeks. Charlotte Flair's recovery has been going rather well. She's been posting Instagram photos of her already working out back in the gym, doing some simple walking exercises to get her knee back in motion. Now, obviously, Charlotte went down with a pretty bad injury a few weeks ago, and some are saying, including her dad, Rick, that she could be back in the ring sooner than expected. We'll have to see what happens there. But again, you're dealing with a freak athlete in Charlotte Flair, so anything's possible. Could we see her at the Rumble, though? I don't know. But there is Elimination Chamber coming up. And a scary story coming from R-Truth this past week as he talked about his recovery from his quad tear back in late 2022. That was the injury that saw Truth sideline for a long time before coming back and rightfully taking his place in the Judgment Day. But Truth actually told a story about an infection that had complications which almost saw the leg being amputated. Fortunately, doctors were able to catch it in time and clear up the infection. And as we see, R-Truth is back in full form to help us live, laugh, and love Judgment Day. Well, coming up, this was a very special edition of Monday Night Raw back in 2008. Not for what was on the show so much as to how the show was presented. Do you know what I'm talking about? That answer is on the way with Dave Meltzer next. Thanks for being here. This is McGuire on Wrestling. You got to stream the alternate commentary table every single Saturday. It's brought to you on the McGuire on Wrestling feed. I'm one half of your host, Demetri Carolas, and I'm here with my partner, Mitch Hondras. Mitch, what is the alternate commentary table? It's simple. It's the perspective of wrestling from the other side of the railing, the real fans. That's right. The perspective that you need. You might have a little bit of fun, too. The alternate commentary table. Subscribe free now to the McGuire on Wrestling podcast feed wherever you get your podcast. Cha-cha! Welcome back to McGuire on Wrestling. Well, it was this day back in 2008 that WWE's Monday Night Raw would be main evented by a handshake to take place in the middle of the ring between WWE champion Randy Orton and challenger Jeff Hardy. That was a fine example of Vince McMahon booking, but this was a special day in Raw's history because this would be the first time that WWE would present Raw in HD. And boy, did they love telling us about it. Okay, first of all, Papa Roach Want to Be Loved, one of the most underrated WWE Monday Night Raw themes. Secondly, doesn't that feel like 100 years ago now? Can you imagine watching WWE or any wrestling not in HD? Oh, I shudder to think. Let's get on with the show. It's time for the Wrestling Observer Insider with Dave Meltzer, McGuire on Wrestling. Joining us as he does every week from the Wrestling Observer, it's Dave Meltzer. Hello, sir. 
Hey, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah. Last weekend, you weren't able to join us. We found out it was because you were called back in to do even more interviews for the Netflix Vince McMahon documentary. How did that go? Oh, it was fun. It was yeah. good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's um, good. Yeah. It'll be out um, sooner than people think. Um, and it's a big one. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming all the stuff on his early life they can put out now and, and, can you tell us at all? Like, was it just updated on on some of the stuff that's happened recently that you had to talk about, or was there other things? You yeah, were talking yeah, about? yeah, yeah. We didn't really talk. We talked some about the past, yeah, but it was mostly about you know. I I interviewed with them. Um, Vince had resigned at the time. Yeah, I remember so, this. So it was kind of like that was the feeling that that's the end of the story. Vince is out. You know right. this, and then he came back, and now it's you know merged with UFC. And so we kind of had to go through all that. And then he was out of, you know, out of creative, but he's got this other role. So we basically updated, you know, we, we tried to update it. So hopefully by the time it comes out, there's not another giant story and we're out of date again. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what it would be. You know, I mean, I, you know, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't sense Vince making a power play to to take creative from Triple H or Vince getting fired by Ari, you know, for doing something publicly because Vince is very much in the shadows now. You know, it's not like he's out there, you know, in a position where he would do something that would, you know, um, whatever that would get him, you know, in, in any more trouble. And, you know, if he survived what he's done, I don't know what he's going to do worse. Well, and what a tide it is these days in in sports and entertainment and media. We will talk about UFC a little bit later on in the call here, but first, there's tons of other things going on. Uh, I think one of the most interesting right now to fans in North America has to be the speculation or the announcement that Seth Rollins may have suffered a, a serious injury. What do you know about this? Well, he suffered a torn uh, torn MCL and a partially torn meniscus. And I actually just got the word like a minute ago. But um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he'll, he'll, he's going to make an announcement tomorrow morning. And it's basically, I guess... From what I understand, he's got to make a decision is what I was told. And it's what I'm going to guess is, is, you know, does he work or does he rest it up or does he, you know, go to surgery? And I think WrestleMania and everything like that. So whatever decision he makes, and my gut is, is that the decision will be he's going to do WrestleMania. But I know I know earlier in the week they were going with the idea he was doing WrestleMania, but it was also told to me it's like this is you know, whatever day it was when I heard that, it's like, this is the decision as of today. And obviously it can change based on what he wants and what the doctors think. So I'm, you know, tomorrow morning, they're going to announce whatever it is. So the MCL, for those that don't tomorrow, know, not tomorrow, I should say tomorrow, Rod, not in the morning. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. I, I kind of figured that, but the uh, MCL is one of the, the stabilizing ligaments for the knee. Now, is this something that you know of that a guy could brace or is this something where guys in wrestling work, work on that injury um, okay. all the time. It's not, it's probably not the smartest thing to do. And the people who work on it are not the people who, um, you know, have the kind of medical care that like a AEW or a WWE performer or a new Japan performer would have. Right. Uh, but it is not unheard of. If he works on it, he will be far from the first guy to do that. Um, you know, guys have worked on even worse. So it's just up to him of, do you want to, you know, it's it's the usual decision. Do you want to risk perhaps more long-term damage by doing WrestleMania versus 
You just want to get it taken care of and worry about your future. And I think that the prudent word, you know, the prudent thing would probably be worry about your future. But when you're in wrestling, you, you know, your mentality usually is I've got to get back for the big show. So I don't know uh, what it'll be. And, you know, again, he'll have, I'm sure that there will be people in the company who will try to influence him in whatever way. You know, I mean, in the old days, the influence would be to to do WrestleMania. Today, the influence might be different because it's it's not necessary, but it may be something yeah. that, you know, he wants and the punk thing they've, they've worked on. So it's kind of like they have they already, the angles already out there. It's like if they hadn't started the angle, maybe the decision would be different. But, you know, whatever, he'll, he'll make the decision and the decision will be announced uh, tomorrow night. Well, yeah, and in the old days, it would have been, ah, put some tape on it and get out there. <laughs> Just wrap uh, it up and go. Yeah. And even worse. I mean, I, I remember, you know, guys tear their ACL, and it was like, okay, tape up your knee, and you keep going because yeah. there's no medical insurance or anything like that. And guys worked, you know, careers on that. Dory Funk, yeah. Jr., Dory Funk Jr., who wrestled for, I don't know, 50 years probably, right? <laughs> in his first territory in Vancouver, he tore his ACL, and Gene Kaniski used to tape up his leg every day until – he didn't tape up his leg anymore, but he never had the surgery. And wow. Chris Jer- Jericho has no has no hasn't had an ACL in one of his knees forever, and nobody even knows that, you know. Or he's mentioned it, but it's it's not well known. And and he works on it, and he's you know fifty three years old or fifty two years old. I don't want to age him yet. Yeah, if if it's something he can work on, then Seth Rollins, then it does add a, a different context, a different layer too to this match, right? If, if it is him and punk, which I've heard you say that is the, the plan moving forward, but I mean, that I mean, could this, be something this, that they this, exploit this is, for the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that they will, because people know it, they'll, they'll bring up this injury and they'll bring up the other injury, you know, the back injury that has been working on for years. I mean, it's like, this is, this is an injury that, that, that again, would the smart thing be to just get, get it taken care of? Yes. I, you think back at WrestleMania and think of what Kurt Angle did, you know, with the year he wrestled Brock Lesnar, you know, where he literally had a broken neck and um, came back to do the WrestleMania match with Brock Lesnar when he, you know, needed surgery in the worst way. And, yeah, you know, and then went out there and worked, you know, almost a match of the year against Brock Lesnar. It wasn't even like he he phoned it in. So it's like, you know, that's just what wrestlers do, you know, and, and you got to, you know, that's just what wrestlers do. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to watch Raw tomorrow night again. Uh, do you think they lead off the hop with this, or do they try and run it all the way through the three hours? Um, I don't know. My gut is that they'll open the show with it, though. Um, yeah. Get it out of the way. Uh, yeah. You know, because, Fair enough. Because um, what happens the rest of the show, you know, kind of leads to it. I, I think, you know, um, yeah, yeah. And, and my, I don't want to say what my gut is, but. You know, I, I think that if it was, I, I guess I will. I, my gut is, is that he's probably going to do WrestleMania, but it's, we'll see. That was going to be my next question. And what are the options? Do you think it's either work mania? Do they, do they put McIntyre in there instead? Because he's had a little bit of tete-a-tete with punk. You, you've always got the Cody option floating around as well, but obviously his, his story is the other title. I mean, there's there's all sorts of options, I guess. There's lots of options, and my gut is is that, you know, I mean, I would say 100% the guy would be McIntyre. You know, you just go in there and probably just make, you know, Mac, McIntyre. And, but it's weird because now you have to have logic on why McIntyre and Punk would be. Well, Punk could win the Royal Rumble, so that would be fine. And yeah. then maybe do a, a, a match with McIntyre and Priest, you know, and who are wrestling, you know, tomorrow night or somebody you know, uh, or maybe a four-way tournament for the vacant title. Um, and, you know, go to Mac, Mac, 
you can go to McIntyre and Punk. The only thing is, is that do you go so strong with McIntyre because McIntyre's deal, at least as of a couple of weeks ago, last I checked, was um, up right after Mania, and and he's definitely made noises about just wanting to go home and and rest or and take time off for a little while and refresh. Right. Uh, so. Do you want to do that to a guy who's leaving? And in the old days, that would be a, a big no. Today, I don't know that it's as strong of a no again because it's just different. Everything's different. Okay. Well, again, we'll have to find out tomorrow night what happens on Monday Night Raw. Moving down the list, uh, this was some pretty big news that that the turnaround was pretty quick as well. It's about a week and change that things went from the announcement to the final match here. But Kasuchika Okada now wrapping up with New Japan. Obviously, the options are there. A lot of people are speculating that the WWE option might not be that far off compared to where it may have been a year or two ago with uh, the possibility of AEW. Where do you see things rolling out with Okada? Two, it's the two things. Number one, who makes the best offer? Number two, what makes him happy? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know his is you know is his goal. What, what's his goal? You know, I mean, there's different things. With WWE, he'd probably be working more dates. With AEW, he'd have a shot at doing better matches, money-wise. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know where the, you know that. You know, it would it would depend on how high WWE is willing to go because I would know that Tony Khan would be willing to go high. And my impression is Tony Khan's offer is better than WWE's, but that doesn't mean WWE won't change that if they want it. He's in a good position. He's a big time free agent star mm-hmm. and there's a lot of egos involved right now because um you know in both in both cases there have been there have been people of late that have uh you know been free agents and everything and 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 you know again gone in different directions but the big one was osprey and he did go with AEW. so mm-hmm. i think that wwe probably from an ego standpoint not that they need him but it's you know do they want the perception that Every time somebody's free, that they get outbid for them, you know, um, I don't think they want that. That's fair. The interesting part of WWE, though, and some people have brought this up, was that I mean, they do have the money. Obviously, they can spend whatever they, have, they, they have, choose they have, to. They have money. They have money, but do they want to? Um, you know, one of the things this is, you know, this is very similar to really like UFC and and um, Bellator when mm-hmm. Bellator would sign people. Or, or, or maybe with Nagano, you know, with uh, with PFL. UFC obviously has the money to match and beat anyone, just like WWE does. But they're also a company that wants to keep salaries down. And, um, you know, do they find this guy important enough to them to... Um, it's not change the structure. But, I mean, I'll just give you an example. It's like when... Um, um, you know, when, when WCW was bought, you know, for two and a half million, right? Yep. When they bought WCW, they had an unbelievable list of talent that they could get snapping their fingers, but they were really high priced. You know what Hogan got and what Goldberg's contract was, what Kevin Nash's contract was, what Sting's contract was, right? But mm-hmm. Rick, you know, not so much Rick Flair's his contract wasn't as high as those guys, but those guys really had high contracts, especially Bill Goldberg, who at the time probably would have been the most valuable. And WWE could have brought in and we could have had Austin and Goldberg right away, you know, or, or matches like that. And they could afford it and they would have made their money back on the first pay-per-view. That's how big it would have been at the time. But their decision was, well, 
if it comes out that we're paying Goldberg three million, then what does Undertaker want? And then when do, what does you know everyone else want? And right. so it's just like, well, we'll just wait until their contract's up. And I think um, you know Goldberg came in at far under three million when he came in the, the first time. So you know you have that mentality that's there too of like um, you know even if it's worth it, do we want? Then everyone's going to want more money if we you know. There's there's a million things going around. Okay, and, but but money aside though, WWE also has a strong Japanese contingency going with damage control right now. Nakamura's been in a top spot for a while. If they get Okada, does this increase their odds of doing a, a mega show in Japan? Because they're doing all these international dates lately. This year they got France, they've got Australia, you know, you've always got the Saudi okay, shows. Okay, okay so the, the thing is, is is yes, but the shows that you're talking about are shows that the city pays for. And I do not see Tokyo at all because Tokyo gets nothing but great pro wrestling 52 weeks a year. They're not going to pay WWE $2 million or $3 million to bring in a show. They're not, that's not going to happen. Um, there might be a sponsor who might do that, but the city will not. So in that sense, the thing that you're seeing in France and in you know Saudi Arabia and, and um, you know um, countries like that, um, Australia, you know, you're not going to see that with Japan. They still might go. And it does increase their odds of going there. Absolutely. And doing a big show there. And they would do much better if you have Okada and Nakamura on the show. You're going to do you're going to do better. Um, so, um, yeah, there, there's there's certainly that. OK, well, again, these are all just up in the air thoughts right now, because uh, even he doesn't know where he's going, apparently. So that's that's the, the fun thing about being a free agent is that everybody's paying attention to you. Yeah, my gut is is that um, we're mid, we're January twenty first. I got to think by um, February tenth, some or maybe a few days or before that, we will know because I mm. think that uh, if he's with if he's going to go with AEW, I think strongly they're going to want him on that March third show, which means they probably would want him announced by mid February. If he's going to go to WWE, you want to start the build for his return for his debut real real quick so i think that the decision i think the decision will be made relatively quickly one guy we haven't talked about in a little while but you did mention that he was on the road to recovery last time you and i spoke but have you heard anything from kenny omega lately and then how he's doing just the waiting period the um you know it's it's seven weeks from now he will have another appointment to find out if he needs surgery. He just has to wait. He's not had that surgery that I thought was inevitable and may be inevitable, but we don't know yet for sure. So it's, um, you know, I mean, there's no date, there's no nothing. He's doing better, but it's, it's not, it's not a short-term process. It's not going to be, Oh yeah, he'll be back in six weeks or eight weeks or something like that. I couldn't give you a date. Um, I hope he's back as soon as possible because that'll mean he's healed as soon as possible. So when you say surgery, is this related to the diverticulitis then? Would this yeah, be yeah, a yeah, colon yeah, yeah. procedure then? Yeah, yeah, it'd be a yeah, yeah. That's what it would yeah. be. And and if he has that surgery in eight weeks, you know, we're probably talking three months from there minimum. Um, I mean, Harry Smith, David Boy Smith Jr. came back real quick. I was stunned how quick he came back. Well, but and I was going to mention that because I, I was the guy that, that chatted with Harry about that, and, and luckily they they managed to find it was a diverticulosis, not a litis, so they ended up not having to take out as big of a chunk as we originally thought he did, so it, it might be a different procedure overall here, and I think that's the only reason why Harry was able to come back as fast as he was, because it turns out it was small, and, and Harry's also a freak, let's be real about it. He's... Well, Kenny, Kenny's a freak too, though. 
Yeah, no, I, and I'm not, I'm not doubting that at all. But it's yeah, just, I uh, mean, I mean, the, the problem with Kenny, this is really the, the thing, is that Kenny's ability to withstand pain and his pain tolerance was so high that he, I mean, like he wrestled Ethan Page with diverticulitis. Yeah. A normal human being would be in the hospital. He went like weeks with this thing and just thinking like I can handle the pain and I got matches to do, you know, yeah. um, until it just became so unbearable. And I mean, that's, and the reason it was so unbearable was because, you know, he was in really rough shape. His body was about to turn on him in a bad way. Um, but that the, you know, the issue is, is that like, you know, and, and, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, again, maybe it's not, I don't want to say it's not so bad because it, it's, it's a serious thing, but, but um, you know, he does have incredible pain tolerance um, mm -hmm. from, from just being a pro wrestler and being a pro wrestler who does what he does. Well, and Harry even said it was the worst pain he'd ever felt in his life when he had his. If anybody missed it, by the way, go back a few weeks on this yeah. show in the podcast feed. You can listen to it for free. But uh, Harry said like it was it was the worst pain he'd ever felt in his life, and that that just speaks to Kenny, I guess, because I mean that to, to, hear, to hear somebody like Harry say that's the worst pain in my life, and for Kenny to be like, eh, I'll work through it. I mean, that's that's nuts. Well, it was it was real <laughs> bad, but you know, like like again, I mean, his tolerance to pain was his undoing. Because if yeah. he didn't have it, he would have gone in earlier and, you know, it wouldn't have gotten as bad. And that's, you know, one of the situations there. But, um, yeah, hopefully I saw him advertise for Toronto and I don't I don't see that as realistic for him to be able to wrestle by Toronto. Make an appearance in Toronto. You know, I think that's realistic. You know, it's possible or sorry, I should say I would say, you know, who knows where, where he'll be then. But. But, um, you know, I saw the the advertisement for the, the Toronto show and I just don't I don't see it possible, really, that that he could yeah. be wrestling by March by March 20th or something, whatever the date of the Toronto show is. Sticking with AEW, Sting's last match is getting closer and closer for AEW Revolution. And right now it's looking like Sting and Darby going against the Bucks. Some people for this, some people a little skeptical about it. What do you know about this match? That's the match. It's a match. It's and, and Sting. And Sting picked the match he wanted. He loved the the working with them at Forbidden Door and wanted to do it again. And um, you know, people can say what they want about the Bucks. Sting's things are the best tag team that he's ever seen, um, or at least modern. I don't want to say like oh, better than Midnight Express or whatever. It's a different era, but the best modern team he's seen, and he wanted to work with them. And um, you know, he was going to get what he wants. And as far as the finish of the match, I'm certain that it's going to be if. I, you know, I'm sure that the young bucks will want to lose. I'm certain of that. I would suspect Tony Khan would want Sting to win. But if Sting came in and just goes, you know what? It's my last match. I want to lose. Uh, he's going to get his way. Mm -hmm. Over on uh, Busted Open, they do a Sunday show called the Masters Class, and they were all debating what the finish could be. And and it it is tough. It's whatever Sting, Sting right? Because it's yeah. whatever Sting, it's whatever Sting wants it to be. That's the finish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair enough and, and you know i don't know which mentality sting has if it was the terry funk mentality then he would lose if it's the fritz von eric mentality then he would win <laughs> then he would I mean, win and i don't know i don't know a champion and off he goes <laughs> yeah i mean he could he could retire as champion and, and that's fine too and there's nothing wrong with that it's a, this is this is much bigger than a championship match and yeah this is this is in its own way the biggest match in AEW all year, you know, I mean, I mean, I, you know, it, it's, it's just a, a huge event that they won't be able to duplicate. And, um, you know, I, you know, that it's, there's a lot of pressure on them, I think, because 
it has to be great. Anything less than great will be a big disappointment. I'm not talking about the match. The match will be fine. Yeah. But I mean, the whole, the whole presentation, it's, and it's, you know, it's more to me about the, not so much the quality of the match itself, but it's more about the, with the last 30 seconds of the match and the post-match. To me, that's what everyone's buying the show for is, you know, and not even, you know, not so much the finish, but the emotion of the finish. That's that's got to be the main event of the show, right? Like, there's nothing. I think it has to be the main event. Yes. And I mean, I don't know that it is, but because because there is always that mentality, you put the world title last. But I think it has to be the main event. And I think that I know with like Ric Flair, when when he did the thing in WWE, they did the big ceremony on Raw the next night. And you can do that. You can do it and go, we'll do this. And then we're going to have the big celebration on TV on Wednesday to try to drive a rating. You can do that. But I think I think the way to do it is to end the match a little earlier and do 10 minutes or so with bringing in, you know, whoever you can. And it's tough. WWE could bring in anyone they wanted. And these guys are a lot limited. And we know it's that Flair will be there. But, you know, to find your... Nikita Koloff and Magnum TAs and people like that from that, um, you know, from that Crockett era. And then, you know, yeah. uh, um, people from the 90s WCW when it was really his heyday, Kevin Nash's and all that, that, again, I don't know how many of them can leave, can do it with their WWE deals, but whoever can, I would try to bring them in and, and do whatever you can with it. You think Luger will be there? Uh, it depends on what deal he has with WWE, but I think Luger would be. I think that Luger would be uh, a very good person to be there. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, let's move forward to the Royal Rumble. Of course, we are a week away, less than a week away now from the Royal Rumble. And they were pushing on SmackDown this past Friday. Tickets still available. I went to the seat map. I went to the actual uh, website where you get the tickets. And there's a lot of floor sections that are are still wide open. And we were talking about this on the Team MOW Facebook page. Uh, Kevin Jesus out in Edmonton had posted, you know, why are they still having to sell tickets? Now, I, I looked at the layout here. As cool as the ball diamond thing is, it's a no ramp entrance. There's no stage, really. And for me, if, I, if I'm sitting on the floor, I've, I've got a pretty garbage seat here. Are they committed to the ball diamond thing for the Rumble no matter what? Because there's a lot of open floor seats that are, are like 350 bucks a piece right now at starting price. And it just it just seems like a bad seat overall. Like, like, why are they married to this baseball stadium thing for the Rumble? They just are. Look, um, if look, there's there's a demand for Rumble tickets. So yeah. any seat that doesn't sell tells you that the seat was overpriced because yeah. there's but the get in, you know, the get in. I was looking at uh, StubHub. It was, um, you know, I, I think of like 140, 150. I mean, it's a really high get in. It's a higher get in in. In, in Tampa than in um, Greensboro for AEW. A lot higher. Yeah. You know, it's not even in the same ballpark. The AEW one is 43 and theirs was like 140. So there is a great demand for the show. And um, yeah, any seat that doesn't sell is because it's priced too high, not because there's not enough people who want to go see the Rumble. That's fair. I mean, I would uh, I would hop a plane down there right now if I wasn't in the middle of moving. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, okay, I, I'm... I'm kind of 50-50 on talking about this guy because I'm really not impressed. Sean Strickland loses last night at UFC. There's a lot of controversy around this guy going in. Uh, it was a very close decision. Is this a legit decision, do you think, or do they need to get rid of this guy? Uh, they don't have to get rid of him. They don't do that. They should, you know, it's he he was what he said 
at the uh, press conference or not. Yeah, it was a press conference. Um, yeah, it was, it was the press conference leading up to it in Toronto. And yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't I, I'm not going to play any clips. I don't, I think to talk about I'm it gives it praise, but I just need to know, like, it's from, a real from this guy game. winning, like it was, it was it's bad. A, it's a real black guy. I hated when I watched it and, and they asked Dana White about it and Dana White's basically, you know, they're not going to do anything. They, they've never, um, they just don't, you know, they should. I mean, there's there's lines you shouldn't cross, and he, I think he crossed it. But you know, I mean, he came out like like he was ungodly over, which tells you, you know, about UFC fans. It's not it's not a pretty thing. Yeah, at all. He was so over at the end by the fifth round, Duplessis, because I think people sensed that Duplessis might win. Um, he started getting chance, but I mean, it was like loud. Let's go Strickland. And when he came out, I mean, it was it was deafening loud. I mean, it was. Watching that was very much like that night Vince came back and they bowed to him after the Wall Street Journal thing broke. I mean, it was that. And it's just kind of like, you know, you kind of look and go like, boy, this is really makes our wrestling, our wrestling fan base look real stupid to the outside world. And and last night, you know, in Toronto, it made the UFC fan base look really, really bad to the outside world by just embracing the guy. But that's that's, you know, that's what it is. You know, somebody else could do something like super minor and everyone would turn on him. And, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> this is bad. This was bad. So, so, you know, yeah, but he lost I, the title, I, but, 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 you know, he'll be in the mix and he'll, with one win, he'll get a championship rematch. I mean, Dana White actually thought he won, but he said he's not going to do the rematch right away. So I think that uh, Strickland needs one win and he will get a, you know, I think that Duplessis will do a championship match with somebody, probably Adesanya. And um, the winner of that will probably face uh, Strickland next. When I started this show, the last thing I wanted to do was get into uh, politics or, or personal beliefs or anything like that. But it was just when when it becomes someone who is on that high of a stage representing a brand either way. Like, I, I get it. This guy's looking at his career after fighting, clearly, because he's got the T-shirts that say cancel me. He's going for that. He's going for that reaction, right? Like, absolutely. And, and that's absolutely. I, I get all that. I get all him, that. But it, but again, it, it, it gets him talking. I mean, it's a controversial thing. But did it did it make did it make more no more people talk about him than, than otherwise would have? Absolutely. hundred percent. Is that a good thing? Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know, I mean, I've seen it be a terrible thing for people, and I've seen it be a good thing for people. And you, you never know. You're kind of rolling the dice on, you know, like if if sponsors revolt and go to UFC and go like, we're pulling out, we can't handle it, then it's a very, very bad thing. If the sponsors yeah. just go, ah, you know, whatever, UFC is a great place to sponsor, and uh, we don't care. You know, we don't care what he said. It, it appears from a fan point of view, you know, that they're. I mean, there was definitely a lot of interest in that fight than there wouldn't have been, which I hate to say because I wish that wasn't true. But, you know, my job isn't to uh, to pretend because things are ugly. It's like, they're well, no, and honestly, who is who was talking about Sean Strickland before this that much? Honestly, like, well, it, he, he, he had notoriety. He, he was well, he had notoriety. But I mean, still, if you ask any Joe on the street who doesn't follow fighting, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A lot of people who would normally not know about UFC probably heard. And uh, yeah, especially in Canada, because the show was in Toronto. What it comes down to is if you're a fan of UFC, of MMA, and you didn't like it, you vote with your dollars. If you did like it or don't care, you vote with your dollars. And I think that's what it comes down to. So 
per- personally, I, I don't want to ever want to talk about the guy again until things change. But I mean, that's, uh, that's unfor- me unfortunately, show, so. unfortunately, historically, we have seen whether it's WWE or UFC that, uh. that you know, that people vote, you know, like, I mean, look, when, when, uh, when Vince, you know, when Vince's Wall Street Journal came, I mean, and we knew that day it was going to happen. They did a monster. Oh, I know. He went on TV and they cheered him out of the building. I and mean, I know. It's yeah, just... they did a monster television rating and it's like, oh, that's embarrassing. But they, but at the same time, they did a monster television rating. And that's what the whole reason we have this, these two businesses is for, you know, television ratings and revenue. And I, I get it. Yeah. I, people, I, I Like you said, people vote and they. They don't always, you know, they don't always vote in a more morally applicable way. They just vote the way they vote. Well, that's the other thing too. What it comes down to is if you're using pro wrestling and, and MMA as your moral high ground, I think that speaks more about you than it does well, the you're gonna, you're gonna be the medium. You're going to yeah. be it a lot if you if you want morality out of uh, pro wrestling and out of MMA. Yes. Well, and again, that's not to poo-poo on on either. Again, I'm not going to make. I, I'm a fan. I'm a, you know, I'm a fan, and I'm going to be a fan. And I know there's shifty things that go on, but this this was beyond shifty to me. This was just outright. It was ugly. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was just not good. So there you go. All right, Dave. Uh, I got to get back to moving here, but we're going to continue with the show. Before we go, though, what are some things people can read about in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer newsletter, sir? Uh, yeah, well, big, you know, big story on Okada, you know, on, on the different directions, what's going on, who's been talked with, um, how he's going to exit, why he's going to exit. Um, and then I covered the last Saturday's Battle in the Valley show, which was really a, in hindsight, just a fantastic show and, um, build to the rumble and, you know, the sting retirement. And, um, you know, that was, um, you know, that was like the. That was like the main stuff in this issue. Yeah. Dave, it's always a pleasure having you here, my man. And uh, thank you very much as always. And uh, yeah, let, let us know what groundbreaking documentaries you're going to be a part of next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. As I record this show, it is snowing like crazy outside. It is snowy on the highways. I think this is nature's way of saying that we were supposed to do a podcast together today. So coming up in just a moment, we're going to get some of your thoughts on the upcoming Royal Rumble and whether or not Seth's announcement tomorrow could change your prediction for who's going to take it in the big match, men's and women's side, next. This is McGuire on Wrestling. Welcome back to McGuire on Wrestling. Oh boy, I'm looking at my truck with the trailer attached to it and it is just covered in snow. I've got furniture out in the box of my truck that is just powdered white now. So I thought I would open up a little conversation on the Team MOW McGuire on Wrestling Facebook page and ask you for some of your thoughts on the upcoming Royal Rumble this weekend. Yeah, it's this Saturday already. It's crazy. I, uh, I'm hoping to be all settled in where I'm going to be once this goes to air. But nevertheless, who are your Rumble picks for either the men's, women's, or both matches? And why? Some great feedback coming in already. A lot of people are also hinging their decisions on whether or not Seth Rollins is going to stay as WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Now, we heard Dave's thoughts. He thinks that if Rollins wanted to, he could work through this injury. I'm, I get it. And storyline-wise, yeah, I'm all for it. But realistically, 
I, not worrying about Seth Rollins, the wrestler, but worrying about Colby, the guy. Like, I, I want this guy to be able to walk around in 10 years. But he also did make cases of guys who have done it their whole lives. So I, I guess we'll see what happens here. But let's get to some of your picks. Scott Flamin says, honestly, kind of hard to predict with my pick for the men's rumble is CM Punk. I'm not too entirely confident in that. I feel like they could go a couple different ways on how they do it this year. As for women's, I'm lost on this one because I don't see Becky Lynch getting the honors this year as I personally just can't see it. He's also got picks uh, like Bailey. He says everybody else is picking Bailey. Uh, with all that being said, he's choosing Chelsea Green. Interesting. She's been killing it and has been making huge strides in the women's division. That's that's an interesting pick. Interesting pick. Tommy Lang says, I don't know if I have a good idea or not as to whether we know the extent of Seth Rollins' injury. I would have said Punk just a few days ago. But now I would lean Cody. I'm actually just as interested in what happens to the title if Seth is out. Do they do it as a tournament or put it up in the elimination chamber? Yeah, that chamber's sitting right there, guys. Let's not forget about this thing. Big show in Australia. We got to make it as big as possible. Devin Axman says, I choose Bailey because they need someone. Dream scenario for the men is Gunther, but it'll probably be Punk or Cody. Will depend on The Rock and a bunch of things. See, that's that right there, Devin. You just brought up my pick and we'll go there in a minute uh, Blaine Blaine says left field choice for the women is Sasha Banks you think they're gonna get her you think so hmm interesting he says as far as I know she left WWE because of poor booking and I honestly can't see her booked stronger elsewhere that's fair especially now that Hunter has controls of creative I can see her coming back Punk is an obvious choice for the men I don't think it's a great idea to have him lose on his first match back well he's had his first match right he beat Dom Twice, two different cities. So, but I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. First televised match, first big return. Yeah. He says, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up making the men's rumble for the vacant title, assuming Rollins needs surgery. Ooh. Okay. So if Punk wins it, you're saying then he would become world heavyweight champion by default. Now, he never said he wanted to defend a title or win a title at WrestleMania. So it could be one or the other, right? Like, he just wants some main event WrestleMania. He wants to be in that coveted last spot. So does that mean he's defending a belt in the last match at WrestleMania? That's that's what... And you know what? Go out on your back. We were talking about this with Sting earlier. Hmm. Not saying that Punk is going out, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, Zach Brown, as others have indicated, I'm not sure. However, I think that's a great spot heading to the Rumble for both the men's and women's editions. Recent years have had one obvious winner going into the Rumble matches, which have made them a bit boring. Having four or five potential men or women who could win makes things intriguing. I'm looking forward to the Rumble matches this year. Me too. Me too. I mean, I always love the Rumble. And my goal is to get to a Royal Rumble before I, uh, you know, kick dust here. But nevertheless... Joe Aguinaldo, he says, before Seth got hurt, I would have said Punk. Depending on how badly Seth is hurt, I'd say Punk. But if Seth is out longer, all bets are off, in which case I'll still say Punk. <laughs> all right. Uh, for the women, he's choosing Bailey as the easy choice, but he's actually going to go out on a limb and probably crash and burn. His words, not mine. He's going to say that Jade Cargill finally debuts and wins. Whoa. Interesting. And Michael Parker. If Seth is out for WrestleMania, Punk versus McIntyre for the title at Royal Rumble, Punk wins, Cody wins the Rumble, Punk Cody at WrestleMania. I I think that's a big hope. I think that's a big hope. I don't think we I don't think Punk Cody has the steam behind it. 
Both guys have been on camera shaking hands. They like each other. They'd have nothing to prove then. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Cody doesn't have an axe to grind with CM Punk. But he does have an axe to grind with Roman Reigns. He's got an axe to grind with Seth Rollins to a degree. I mean, let's face it. Those guys are the rivalry. But they're both good guys. But they're not. Whenever that happens, Seth automatically goes batty. Dude, I was there. Hell in a cell. Remember the bruise? And he tried to, ugh. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And Dave Drashiff, Dave has my pick. New pick. Forget The Rock. Dave says, our truth is taking it all and punching his ticket to WrestleMania. You're damn right he is. You're damn right. Our truth winner of the Royal Rumble, wins the Elimination Chamber, has to face himself for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship. R-Truth wins and loses. Leaves as a champion and as an uncrowned challenger. <laughs> okay, I, I added all the rest of that stuff on, but I love it. I love it. You guys, if, if R-Truth makes you mad at watching wrestling and you think it's ridiculous, you're taking wrestling too seriously. And that's one thing we refuse to do here. We'll have fun with it. The guys over the ACT have even more fun with it. But most importantly, I I hope it's been fun for you. This has been the best part of my day, not just because my day is moving, not just because it's a blizzard outside, but honestly, I look forward to doing this show. And no matter what, guys, I've done this show from campers. I've done this show from libraries. I've done this show from hotel restaurants with the Continental Breakfast. And now I'm doing it from my empty home in Lloydminster, Alberta, Saskatchewan, off to wherever it is little Mikes go to advance their careers. That announcement will be coming soon officially, but in the meantime, we'll be here with you. And coming up later on this week, a little more preview going into the Royal Rumble, a special bonus pod coming up. Until then, I got to get cracking here. Thank you for listening and letting me do what I do. Till next time, play safe, drive safe. Ah, be senior.